Hi there. Welcome, welcome. This is The Woman Inspired Podcast, and I'm Karen. I am your host. I'm glad you're tuning in. I'm not sure where you're tuning in from, but you can follow this uh, podcast on the Apple Store, Google Play, or Podbean, or you can hop out to womaninspired.com and listen on the podcast player on the homepage. So if someone sent you a link to this and you're not sure where in the world to follow it from, there you go. There's the info. I really appreciate it. This episode is titled fake and break. And each podcast, I start out giving you what I call a pod quote. It's a bit of inspiration uh, or a mini, mini, little meaningful tidbit of some saying or verse that I'd like to share. So grab yourself a pen or a pencil or warm up your thumbs and text this to yourself. Okay, are you ready? Life with God isn't a matter of performance, but one of relationship. I'm going to say it again for you. Life with God isn't a matter of performance, but one of relationship. And that quote is by C.S. Lewis. So have you ever had any of those very real, I mean, like, oh, so real moments in life? Not the kind where you perform or put on a performance for others or for God, you know, kind of like you're in a movie, Um, but more real life. I mean, after all, we do all perform and fake it at times, don't we? I mean, this, but this reality is, is this isn't a stage play or a movie. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever had one of those like, oh, so real, like two, two real moments in life? They're the kind that remind you that no matter how great you think you've got it going on or how all together you finally feel that when it comes down to it, you're just human like everyone else. Those are the moments when I personally believe God reminds us who we are, that we're not greater than the person who's next to us. And if we really observe the realness of other people's lives, they're no greater than we are. It's kind of that whole uh, adage, we all put our pants on one leg at a time. Although I do have to say that that doesn't hold true for me because I frequently put my pants on both legs at the same time. <laughs> I sit down and hold the ends of my legs up and slide those pants up both legs at the same time. Stand up, zip, zip, ta-da, simple fix, especially when you have a leg injury <laughs> or some issue that causes the whole standing on one leg to put your pants on scenario, a nearly impossible task, at least without um, bodily harm. So <laughs> if you're anything like me, doesn't matter your age or your physical condition, you're going to fall over half the time if you put your pants on one leg at a time. Okay, so in fact, after breaking my left leg last year, I figured out there are way easier tactics for getting dressed in the morning than I thought there were. I can now gather up all my clothes in the morning, sit on the toilet, put my pants on, my socks on, my shoes on, and pee all at the same time. It saves time and I don't fall over. Okay, most of the time I don't fall over and I don't fall off the toilet. I can't say that 100% for sure, but most of the time. So, okay, that was probably way more information than you wanted to know. That would be TMI, or in my case, TMKI, too much current information. And if you're a new listener to this podcast, then you'll gather up intel quickly that lets you know I frequently share personal, semi-intimate info that you probably don't want to know, but hey, I'm here, I'm real, and hopefully so are you. And not coincidentally, being real is part of what this podcast is about today, which is why the title of this episode is Fake and Break, because the topic of discussion today is about being real versus being fake, because too much fake 
always, always leads to a break. Be it mental, emotional, spiritual, or physical, it just does. Some won't admit it, but when your MO is fake, either you will break because you're finally exposed, or you'll break because God will break you down and wake you up. So, so in that case, <laughs> it would be, I guess, fake and wake, not fake and break. But either way, it usually happens. So, but back to those real moments I was talking about. Typically speaking, I think a lot of those real moments have a tendency to be embarrassing ones, don't you think? <laughs> Such as the time when our son was five years old and we were in church on a Sunday and they brought the little kids up the aisle to the front of the church to pray and for the little lesson that the pastor was going to do. So the pastor was doing his lesson about communion and he had passed out these little juice cups uh, brave soul that he was as the kids were sitting there in the sanctuary at the front and he leaned down and he spoke softly to the kids telling them how the juice was like the blood of Christ and my son said very loudly "Ew, that's disgusting <laughs> of course everyone laughed including the pastor but he did remain calm and sweet because he had a daughter the same age as our son and he was very familiar with how wonderfully honest or oh so real the things are that come out of the mouths of kids. So, so the pastor whispered, although it wasn't much of a whisper since he had a lapel mic on, but he whispered, it's okay. This isn't actually blood. This is grape juice. And the next thing you can hear is our son <laughs> as he drank the juice. <laughs> so my friends, that is real. There's nothing fake going on there. And isn't it often the way it is with kids. I mean, most of them don't have a fake bone in their body. Adults are the ones that tend to hide our true selves, our real feelings, our, our real lives. We shun the truth. I mean, sometimes we cover our woes and hurts with band-aids, but don't do the work to get rid of the cause of the pain underneath or to clean out the wounds and allow them to heal. We'd rather put a band-aid on it and make it look like it's pretty or, or like it's not even there and pretend it's not. So, and, and you know what? Often, we prefer to just slap on a band-aid and pretend it's the fix-all cure-all. Don't we all have times though when we cover the that ugly looking, let's say we made a cake and it's lopsided, but we cover it with beautiful frosting so it looks great on the surface and it seems to taste great. Even though we know we left the vanilla out of the recipe or added salt instead of sugar and the cake fell in the oven. But hey, you know what? We covered it up with something that makes it look better and drowns out the bitter taste. So all's good, right? Yeah, you know it and I know it and God sure knows it. Our culture has gone the way of of putting pretty frosting on the cake and photoshopping ourselves into a visual happy ending, even if it isn't the truth. But sometimes life is just messy. It's painful. It can also be funny or embarrassing, but usually only when it's real. It's also the most touching, forgiving, loving, fun, happy, creative, joyful, and deep and beautiful experience we can have when it's real and not fake. So I was recently at an event where they had only two restrooms, one for men and one for women. At this particular place, the restrooms were not well soundproofed. In fact, if you stood outside the door, you could hear every little thing going on inside the bathroom. Kind of an odd and uncomfortable situation, especially considering it was off the back lobby area of a restaurant. But that's how it was. And I'm ever so glad I knew this before I went in. 
I'm just saying. But as I was outside the ladies' room waiting my turn, I could hear a mother and son talking in the bathroom. And I had seen them gone go into the bathroom before I did. He was probably about four years old. He kept saying, hurry, hurry, mommy, I want to eat. Hurry, mommy, I want to eat. And she said, okay, it will be fine, son. Just give me a minute, please. And the next thing I hear was him saying, pewee, mommy, pewee. And I knew I could. I knew I could hear them. So I knew that they could hear me if I was laughing very loud. So I had to work really hard not to laugh so she wouldn't hear me. I didn't want to embarrass her. And then a couple minutes later, though, as I was trying to decide, should I leave and go find another restroom in the building? I hear the little boy say, what is that, mommy? Can I open it? What is this? What is this? The mom said, please put that back in my purse. And he said, can I open this package? Can I open this package? She didn't respond, but I heard paper rustling. And the next thing I hear is the boy saying, what's this stick for, mommy? She said, please put that back in my purse. Oh my gosh. She probably did hear me laugh then, but it was so funny and so real. I mean, that was real, right? So, and one time, um, I was much more real than I hoped to be in front of an entire live audience. Thankfully, I was about to do a comedy skit in front of about 250 women. So the fact that I, I had my shirt on inside out with the tag sticking out was really no big deal at all. They thought it was on purpose, but it wasn't. The fact that I had the wireless mic cord run up through my bra out the top of my shirt meant that I had to try to finagle it into a better position and oh that was so real so the fact that I had to in order to do that I had to go just off the side of the stage and take my shirt off and turn it back the right way from inside out to right side in of course I dropped the mic and when I did I tripped over the cord and I said oh shit right in the mic and I think that ended up being my sound check for the day because the whole sanctuary was laughing as I was behind the curtain. So I knew that they could hear me and it really fit well with the comedy, but it was a very real moment of clutziness. And I usually don't cuss when I'm on stage or cuss in my podcast, but it came out. I smoothed it over by hamming it up, but I did confess that the stunt was not planned. That was just really me. The more real I am though with others, the more they're uh, apt to be real with me and to nod their head in grace and understanding because all of them have had one of those oh shit oh crap moments and hopefully they'll laugh with me or at me and I'll take either one but oh my gosh my memory is really rolling now this reminds me of an even oh my gosh an even more real and raw moment in my life it was one of those husband wife moments that you really hope no one else hears but then there it is it happened you can't take it back my husband had decided um he wanted to go on a speaking engagement with me and we were at a church in owensboro kentucky i remember it like it was yesterday and i'm sure he does too and it was a sanctuary filled with about 300 women. He decided that he would ride out the majority of that day in the sound booth with the man running the soundboard, which was a good choice for his own protection. Not that I'd pick on him or anything. <laughs> but when it came to the, the third session of the day, we had issues with the wireless mic. And the women were filing back in from their breakout session. And so the sound man came down from the booth to try to help me. Well, I'd already come back from the break and had the mic wired up again through my clothes. And the battery pack was hooked into the back of my slacks uh, underneath my shirt, but in the back of my pants. 
he said he just needed to make an adjustment and I could leave the mic on if I wanted to, you know, have it hooked on up front. And I didn't have to take it off, which was a whole lot easier than me having to take all my clothes off again to get it where it needed to be. Well, my husband had already come down from the sound booth at that point and was near the stage and said, um, why don't I do that for you since she has that running all through her clothes? I would have had to lift up my blouse and let this man kind of be at my backside playing with a battery pack that was basically mounted on my butt, which was really uncomfortable. Not really at all a comfortable situation, not just uncomfortable, but extremely uncomfortable. So I was thankful that my husband was there. And by this point, the sanctuary was starting to fill up again. There were a lot of people in there. They were just waiting on us to get our sound issues fixed and ready to roll. So the sound man went back up to the booth after he told my husband what to do to adjust it to see if we could get the mic to work again. My husband ended up kneeling behind me on the stage, fiddling with the battery pack that was attached to my butt, and it started to pull on the mic cord, which was hooked into the front of my blouse with the wire, you know, up through my shirt and bra. It was a, a pretty comical scene, I'm sure. So that was a little embarrassing, but then the sound man told me to start talking and just keep talking until um, everyone could hear me so that they could make sure it was working like it should be. So I just started saying goofy things like, beam me up, Scotty, or hello, is it me you're looking for? And I kind of started singing a little bit. Nobody could hear me. I kept talking bits of goofiness while my husband just adjusted whatever it was the sound man told him to adjust. And then he stood up. As I spoke, though, and kept talking and saying silly things, there wasn't any sound. My husband was just standing behind me to my left and I turned my body slightly towards him and I told him I didn't think it was going to work and I was sorry he'd come all the way down on stage for nothing. And just as the sound kicked in, full blast, really loud, I mean loud as can be, my husband says to me, oh no problem, I got to see your butt, it made my day. <laughs> and the entire audience busted out laughing. Um, yep. Friends, that was real. That was very, very real. And now that I think of it, you know, my husband has never come to another speaking engagement with me. <laughs> Sometimes, though, we're so worried about whether or not others think we've got it all together that we, we forget that realness, that human faults and frailties give other people the opportunity to step up with their grace and understanding. Like this group of amazing real women appreciated me before my husband's remarks, but even more so afterwards. They saw something real, open, just unscripted and human. And isn't that what you're the most apt to embrace in someone else? When when they're real and they're human just like you, well, you're more apt to accept them when you can relate to who they are and what they're going through and what they feel. Like when they share who they are, even if they didn't mean to share who they are, or when they share too much of who they are just by the mere nature of their humanness, like tripping on their own feet or mixing up words and uh, talking about their spouse's butt <laughs> and showing their realness. So that makes me think too about one time we were in church on a Sunday morning and the pastor had gone on and on and on. He sort of lost his way in his sermon a few times and his point had been made about 15 minutes ago. I'm sure we've all sat in those kinds of sermons before and every pastor has had a sermon or two or 10 like that. It's all part of their humanness too, right? So well, this particular Sunday though was a hot, steamy summer Sunday and you could see people fidgeting in their chairs. I was fighting hard to keep myself awake 
And that's the nature of that too, right? Sometimes you have to be aware of who you're preaching to and what the environment is like at the time and pay attention to whether or not you're seeing heads dip or eyes close and people work hard not to doze off. But this day, the pastor was kind of in his own little world, as my grandma would say, bless his heart. He was ignorant of the congregation's needs in the moment. But that was the reality of the situation that day. Other days, he was on point, right to it, funny, with it. Uh, great meaning to a sermon, but not so much this particular day. And we weren't the only ones who felt it. There was an elderly gentleman a few rows behind us, and we could hear him whisper in a not-so-loud or not-so-soft voice. It was really a loud whisper. Is he done yet? He was talking to his wife, who apparently had turned her hearing aids off. So he whispered really loud to her again, Is he done yet? <laughs> I'm not sure if the pastor heard this or or not but about 10 minutes later he actually started wrapping up his sermon and the pastor said and now let's stand for the closing hymn that same elderly gentleman behind us said why are we standing now (laughs) he repeated it louder as his wife stood and he said why are we standing now she turned to him and said i think we're standing so we can leave and just then the hymn ended and in an instant everything got quiet as the pastor started to pray and then the man said really really loudly no whispering going on oh thank god i didn't think that preacher was ever going to stop talking (laughs) and everyone laughed and the pastor said me too (laughs) so that is real and funny and it endeared people to him but being real is something that's touted by our culture now so much i mean you hear it from every teenager or college student or Hollywood talk show, news outlets and rappers and rock singers. I mean, what is it people say? They they say, oh, let's be real or yeah, get real or yeah, for real. But is anyone listening? I mean, the pastor heard it finally, right? Some of us hear it. Sometimes it goes in one ear and out the other because it's so easy to put on that performance or that fakeness. So is anyone really listening? It seems to have become an empty phrase that we hashtag onto just about anything. So people will believe something is real, even if it's not. Or will believe that the truth is being told, even if the truth isn't being told. But in the past few years, I've seen the body of Christ as a whole. I mean, across the world, it seems that they've been putting on this emphasis on this idea of becoming more real too, not just in the world, but in in the body of Christ. And we've had an explosion of pastors, speakers, evangelists, writers, and okay, now this podcaster (laughs) jump on the bandwagon of getting real. But again, I feel like sometimes is anyone listening? It seems the more we put credence behind getting real, the more undeniably fake the world becomes. I don't find it a coincidence that as the Christian world is urging people towards more transparency, authenticity, realness, and openness, that the world is actually shoving more artificial, exaggerated, enhanced this or that and falseness down our throats and declaring it to be truth. I mean, the world's idea of, of reality and truth is not truth. I hear a lot of people say, well, I'm living my truth or that's their truth, but, but there's only one truth. There is no, your truth, my truth. You may see things from a different perspective. Someone might put on a nice performance of something different, but there's only one truth. You know, there's no such thing 
as an example, as artificial intelligence. It's an oxymoron. Intelligence is defined as the ability to acquire and apply knowledge and skills. That bunch of wires, circuits, uh, metal parts, and plastic parts and computer chips that are put together that they call AI, artificial intelligence, they're just pieces and parts. They have no independent intellectual value except what the person who engineered them and created them or programmed it to have. They don't have the ability to acquire their own knowledge and skill. They are given written and encoded knowledge and programmed to have a skill and to read more information off of other computerized information. So that's not the same thing. We were given the ability to naturally gain knowledge, learn skills, and discern between worldliness and spiritualness by our Creator. Because we humans were made and formed by the hand of God. There's a big difference between what our world calls artificial intelligence and human intelligence. And yet, we are told the lie that these mechanisms are some form of intelligence and will replace us. Hmm. You look at the word artificial and it means made or produced by human beings rather than occurring naturally. Especially made as a copy of something natural. So the synonyms, not cinnamon, (laughs) the synonyms to artificial are false, feigned, fake, and exaggerated. So artificial intelligence is fake, false, and created to mimic the real thing. The real thing being you and I. And we were woven and knitted together in a womb by our creator with a spirit. So why do I think this is significant right now? Because we're living in a world where anything goes and lies are marketed as truth. And if we say light, we're going to be told that the only good thing is dark. Culture across the globe isn't just accepting of the fake and artificial. It's craving it. It's seeking it out and then creating more of it. There's a phenomenon run amok to glorify whatever is fake and claim it as real. And it's all smoke and mirrors. Yep. That's smoke and mirrors. There are well-devised and lavish schemes of evil powers and selfish human beings to distract the children of God and keep us from discerning what is true and what isn't. And sadly, so many of us have fallen for it and it's just getting worse. And, and I've fallen for it at times too. Sometimes it's hard to discern with all that smoke and mirrors going on. And think for just a wee minute. How much fake stuff do you think you see or hear in one single day? So stats and polls that you can easily research online have shown that an estimated 77% of news, this is just news, this isn't, doesn't include all the other stuff in the world, but 77% of news that's shared via social media is either totally fake or partially fake and inaccurate. That's across the board. That's no political agenda encoded in here. That means all news from political to entertainment to health and science to technology related news. 77%. And apparently some of the worst perpetrators of false info on social media, in other words, those who spread it, um, fall into two categories. And those would be baby boomers the ones we call baby boomers and the ones we call millennials. And I found this really interesting. Although I do have to say a bit of an honest disclaimer here. I researched this and thought, well, how do we even know this information is accurate, right? We have a 23% chance it's wrong, apparently. (laughs) But let's say that perhaps this is accurate. 
and from viewing social media posts, I'd say that part of it probably is accurate, um, especially those who use social media the most um, tend to share things. So then if you're out on social media or you're online and that's where you get your information and news, how do you even find out what the truth is? The ability to alter headlines or copy, paste, correct or change or add to and Photoshop and filter life is a part of this modern day reality, if we can call it reality. If we can, I mean, can we really call it reality anymore? I'm not really sure I can answer how we get around the fakeness that's thrown at us every day. We can't stop it. This I know. We can't control everybody else. Sometimes we have a hard enough time controlling ourselves, right? I don't have a magical cape or a wand or a superpower that would melt away the falsehoods to expose the truth. But as for my part on a daily basis, what I can do is work hard to make sure that what I'm speaking is truth and that what I'm living out in my walk and my talk is truthful as it can be. That my life exposes who Jesus Christ is and who I am in him because I sure don't have all the answers but what I can say is that if you're unsure about whether or not something you're reading or seeing is the truth then do your due diligence research it the best that you can and don't like share copy or paste something unless you know it's the truth if we all did this that action alone would make a huge difference in the world can you even imagine so besides above and beyond social media because it is not the be-all end-all like some people think um, neither is the entertainment industry by the way but above and beyond all that on a daily basis whether you're dealing with someone you just met or someone you've known a long time or or maybe struggling with financial dealings or money or relationships or church and oh those church people oh you know how they are <laughs> how do you know fake from real Many of you may already know this, but in the banking world, they don't do seminars and classes to teach you or to teach their staff how to identify a fake dollar bill. There are so many fakes out there that they'd never be able to keep up. What they teach their employees is how to identify the real thing. Because if you know the real thing and what the real thing looks like, you won't be fooled by what's fake. When I was doing a little research for this podcast, I remembered hearing about this whole idea of real versus fake. And it reminded me about working at a bank a few years ago. Um, I worked in the operations center and that's what we were taught. And it still holds true today um, that in order to identify what's fake, first and foremost, you need to know what's real. So. When I was doing the research, I was looking for some quotes to choose a pod quote for this particular episode, and I saw so many things that I liked, but some of them kind of stuck with me, so I wanted to give you more than one quote, um, and so I'm going to share these with you. Don't believe everything you see. Even salt looks like sugar. And I thought, oh, now that's the ultimate fake, right? And I loved it so much, and immediately, though, it came into my head the saying, well, even shaving cream looks like Cool Whip. Interesting, huh? <laughs> so we don't want fake in any form, do we? We don't want to eat shaving cream if we're intending to take a bite of Cool Whip. And we don't want to make a cake with a cup of salt instead of a cup of sugar. But in life, in so many areas, we will easily accept fake over what is real. So we don't want to live out a lie over living out the truth, but it's been a battle since the beginning of time. 
um, in Romans one twenty five. It says, they traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. And what that means is that Paul here is talking and saying, um, yes, they knew God. They being sinners and fools who knew about God, but decided God wasn't enough. And he goes on to say in Romans that they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. And as a result, they did vile, degrading things. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. You see how they traded the truth about God for a lie. And then they had been worshiping the creature instead of the creator, idolizing man, what God made idolizing wealth and their lifestyles instead of the real thing and idolizing things that they made and decided to worship instead. So haven't we done so much of this in our world today? People prefer the fake distant cyber relationship to a real one, you know, the fake cyber instead of in touch and personal. They go after fake online everything from so-called friends to sex that isn't real to buying knockoff designer brands and learning how to put on more makeup to look less like who they really are to photoshopping themselves. I mean, think about it. So much around us that we partake of and enjoy and even what we think we need is made up. We have made much of it ourselves. So much of it is fake that we humans created many good things We have, I'm not saying we haven't, so let me back up here. We humans have created many good things and God has blessed us with active working minds, gifts and talents to do good. And we have, haven't we? I mean, I can list a thousand things this moment that are true, that are right, that are just and helpful that I'm thankful for that human beings have made, but yet it's not enough for a lot of people. They endeavor to make more, to make it greater and bigger and more over the top than ever before is very sadly real. And then we easily step into a place of idolizing it, whatever it is that we've made that's so over the top that we can't get enough of and we have to have more of. Paul showed us in Romans that we're not the first generation or culture to do that. The struggle to be real, to keep it real, and to get rid of the fake is here. Sadly, I know a lot of people who just prefer to embrace the fake, fake and break. Many are headed not just for a fall, but for a full break. So let me repeat a bit of what I said earlier. When you see someone for who they really are, the good, bad, ugly, goofy, fun, runny nose, stuttering words, nervous anxiety, goofy hair sticking up, their compassion in their actions and passion in their eyes, smile on their face. This is when you can relate to who they are, when you can relate to what they're going through and what they feel. This is when you are most able to dig into your heart and soul and master um, 
this place of having compassion and muster up the grace and understanding and forgiveness for their realness. We can do that when we're being real. We can't do that when we're assaulted with the fake. Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. In the message, it says it this way. What this adds up to then is this. No more lies. No more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other. When you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. You know, we can always count on Jesus to be real. It says in Hebrews 13, 8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. He's consistent. Yep. I mean, through through the world, throughout the changes, through constantly, drastically, increasingly fake and, and filled with falsehoods, this world is. Jesus is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. It should be our quest as human beings, mine included, because we're created by our God to be more like Jesus. And I'd like to challenge you, as I'm challenging myself right now, to dig deep, to be real, to not trip and fall into the vast pool of fake that's out there. Every time you hear yourself give a fake pat answer to a question or slap on a fake smile or, or, or an, do an overdone compliment or tell a lie to get out of doing something, write it down. You don't have to give great detail. You don't have to keep a list of your wrongdoings, and that's not what I'm asking you to do. But just give yourself a note, jot it down, and remind yourself that you need a break from the fake. Every time you go to give a compliment that you don't mean, pause a moment and think of something truthful yet kind to say instead. When someone shows you pics of their new grandbaby and you have to hold yourself back from laughing, don't say, oh, how cute and adorable, when you know that that baby looks like a cross between Yoda and Winnie the Pooh. I mean, catch yourself. Be real. Don't be fake. Say the truth and express how precious that baby is to God. But you don't have to lie about it. Next time you post a picture of yourself on social media, hold back the photoshopping and let people see the real you. And then after a week or so, take that list that you made and pray over it. Ask God to show you where you can make more changes to be more real. Help Have him help you to stop and, and think about things before they come out of your mouth. To, to keep you from photoshopping and faking your way through social media and letting people think your life is one thing when it's not. It's a to- something totally different than that. I want you to be able to share who you are and whose you are because yes, in your realness is a message that someone else needs to hear and see, but also so you don't fake and break. Take a break from the fake instead of letting the fake break you. Okay. I am so glad you tuned in to the Woman Inspired Podcast. If you're on Instagram, I would love it if you'd hop on over, search for One Woman Inspired. That's the number one, followed by Woman Inspired, and you'll find me. You can follow me there. I'd love to share uh, more about my ministry and more podcasts with you. Have a great day. Mm